morning. It is Henry Harris. Welcome to the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today's topic, Passover, a partnership for now and a partnership forever. So let's begin. We are looking at the simple question, where do feelings come from? When we understand where feelings come from, where our moods and psychological experience come from, then we have a a meaningful glimpse into the nature of our inherent health, the spiritual foundations of our mental health. Our mental health is not dependent on the circumstances of our life. It doesn't depend on our past. It doesn't depend on our ability to string together consistent positive moods or to avoid darker feelings or darker moods. Nope. That's not where our mental well-being, our spiritual, our, our, our mental health comes from. Rather, our mental health comes from the fact that we are all, each of us, on the receiving end of, a, of an intelligence, of, an, of a divine energy that includes within it all types of moods and feelings. The presence of those feelings aren't telling me about the health of my life or the lack of thereof. Rather, they're telling me about the nature and the quality of the of the energy, the divine flow that's happening in a given moment. And that includes the possibility of a whole spectrum of feelings, and they are healthy. While it's true, they can hurt, they can feel really nice, or they can hurt a lot. Uh, the pain itself is not a danger. It's not a, it's not dangerous. It's not an indication of um, brokenness, of lack of health. It is an indication of the human experience that there is nothing in this world that is independent, that is experiencing, well, let's say it the other way. Everything in this world is reliant moment to moment to moment on this, this flow of divine energy. That's how it works. And um, included in that energy, as I said, is, is, is a whole variety of, of, of flows. So while it looks like the world out there is very much shaping, like it's just so normal for me when I become agitated, distressed, concerned, insecure, it's, it's, uh, it's unpleasant. It's not only unpleasant, it can feel um, oppressive. It can feel truly dis disconcerting and frightening. How, how else to explain the presence of these dark feelings unless there's something really dark and ominous? And then I'll look around. I'll look around and I'll say, well, oh, it's coming from this. It's coming from that. It's coming from this event, these circumstances. Uh, and yes, of course, there are circumstances in our lives and there are things to attend to and respond to. But the presence, the, the perception of danger, the perception of, of panic, that type of perception is an indication that we are we're misunderstanding something. We're, we're, we're not seeing the truth about where our experience, where our psychological experience comes from. And that's normal. It is normal that we lose sight. It is normal that we lose sight of this truth. We know it at times, and then we lose sight of it. That's normal. It's not a reason to feel discouraged because the truth is, is that all of this understanding not only the experience that we're having moment to moment is a result of a divine flow, the understand, the capacity to perceive it, the, the consciousness, like in other words, the, the awareness of that, of the source of that, that's also, 
there's a gift-like quality to it. When I find myself in a in a in a gripping experience of insecure feelings or thoughts, I don't know how to flip a switch. There are times where I can. I'm I'm blessed with the ability to look elsewhere and then experience an actual shift, but plenty of times I I cannot I don't know how to and I'm and then I remember at some point this you know about this you know where this is coming from, you know where the psychological experience comes from, and while it hurts and while it's tempting to kind of look and assign it to all kinds of things and then try to fix or run away from those things, it you know something about that. You know that there's a, a simple experience of this hurts. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing. There's nowhere to run. It's like a contraction that a woman experiences in the course of her labor and delivery. What's she going to do? She's going to extract herself from the pain. It's a process of living. It's a process of being partners with this divine energy that we get to be on the receiving end of this divine energy and we get to be a partner in seeing the truth of it and acknowledging the truth. And that is truly a partnership. It is truly a partnership. And I would like to say that in the presence of those distressed feelings, those dark and difficult feelings, it's really the case that there's a baby, you know, there's a baby, so to speak. There's a spiritual, a metaphorical baby. Our sages teach that the primary children of a person in this world are his good choices. If that's true, that our primary good cho- primary children are our good choices, that means that there is a labor and delivery involved in realizing our potential, in accomplishing good. In navigating our life, there is a labor in delivery. There is a spirit, a process whereby we undergo contractions and expansions. And good news is that even as we're experiencing those contractions, there is an actual baby that's not visible. It's not visible to us, but it's here. The woman who's in labor, there's a baby already here. It's just not yet emerged. It's not yet visible, but there is a baby right now in 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 existence. And we are, we are bringing that new life into the world, obviously, through the assistance of a divine flow, a divine energy, a divine intelligence. But it's here. It's right here. It's so important to recognize and understand the context of our distress, of our cycling in and out of difficulties, to the degree that we seek to fix the cycle, to fix the downs or the process of volatility. Well, obviously, we're here to... I'm not against doing things that can help us, uh, but I am concerned for myself and others when our innocent efforts to help ourselves come are based on a false premise. A person who rides a roller coaster and decides on the descent, you know, I don't like this descent, I'll pull the emergency brake. Guess what happens? He's now stuck in a descent. And if he were be if he'd be willing to kind of ride the ride, he'd realize that he's not going to stay down. Every time I get asked this question by people, you know, I'm really concerned about the, the I don't know what to do when I get into a deep and dark descent. I, 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 I just get lost and I don't know how to handle myself. And I, I, I lose control and I feel out of control and it's really difficult. And I, how, how can you help me to understand how to somehow avoid those darker descents? So usually if I'm speaking to this person, they're no longer in that descent. And I'll ask them, I say, well, are you in that, are you in that darkness in that right now? 
And generally they'll say, no, I'm not. And then I ask them, well, how, so how did you get out of the last one? Like, obviously you've had them and you're not in it right this now. So how did that happen? And then they'll, they'll consider that for a moment. Now, sometimes they'll say, you know, that's interesting. I, I'm actually not sure how I got out. I really don't know. <laughs> At which point it's an opportunity to experience a little gratitude, a real, a little bit of a, con a recognition of the context that, wow, I, I, it's so interesting. I'm so busy this moment trying to plan how to avoid those downs. But the truth is, is that I emerged from that down. And I'm not even sure how I emerged from that down. So that's important to realize. Now, sometimes when I ask that question to them, they'll say, oh, it's because of X, Y, Z thing that happened. Oh, it's because my friend came and visited me and she has this way of picking me up out of my, out of my, uh, out of my doldrums. Or, oh, it's because uh, the fire alarm went off and all of a sudden I was so busy and distracted by the fire alarm that I, I just, you know what, I forgot, but I don't necessarily know how to, I, I can't always invite my friend over. I can't always pull a fire alarm. And they'll locate their, their shift in some kind of a circumstance. And I would just encourage each of us to consider that we are experiencing this series of, we are in the labor and delivery process. We are in go, undergoing contractions. And to the degree that we don't fully appreciate and accept that, then we will attempt to understand and figure out, figure out and analyze and fix those contractions. And it's not, it's not, um, it's not working with a model that's, that's true. It's a, it's, it's looking to, to build our lives or to navigate our lives on a premise that's mistaken. It's hard. It's not just hard. It's, it's really uh, maddening to try to build our lives, to navigate our lives on a premise that's just not true. So that's really what we're here to discuss. We're here to discuss, well, what is the truthful premise behind the experience that we're having in life? What is the true premise behind the feelings and mood, psychological moods that we're having? Where is, it, where is it coming from? And to the degree that we see that and understand it, uh, we will navigate our lives differently. Now, I want to remind us that we're here to describe a kind of a logic, a certain rationale. We're not here to suggest if you do X, Y, Z thing, or even if you understand the logic that you will thereby experience uh, uh, an enlightenment or a, a whole new experience of your feelings. I, I don't know how the same way that the feelings themselves, the flow is coming from a divine flow, the awareness, the, the expanded awareness of where and how our feelings are coming from, the insightful seeing of that truth is also something that is a divine gift. So we can learn about this, we can discuss it, we can consider the implications of this truth, but the ability to see this truth inwardly in, in an insightful manner, in a way that does give us a true glimpse, and a, that is a liberating experience. That's something that we are still reliant on the same way everything is being created as a gift in this moment. And yet we still have the opportunity to make choices. We still have the opportunity to uh, attune and acknowledge the truth, to acknowledge what cannot be true about our experience. And those are extraordinary things, extraordinary accomplishments. Okay, so with that, we'll transition to the topic, which is called Passover, a partnership forever and a partnership for now. So the excitement of, to me of Passover is that, you know, there's there's a, a fascinating quote that I I am just deeply touched by, by a, a, 
a well-known figure by the name of Mark Twain. And Mark Twain had this to say about the Jewish people. He said, he said, the Egyptian, the Babylonian, and the Persian rose, filled the planet with sound and splendor, then faded to dream stuff and passed away. The Greek and the Roman followed and made a vast noise, and they are gone. The Jew saw them all, beat them all, and is now what he always was, exhibiting no decadence, no infirmities of age, no weakening of his parts, no slowing of his energies, no dulling of his alert and aggressive mind. All things are mortal, but the Jew. All other forces pass, but he remains. What is the secret of his immortality? What an astonishing description that Mark Twain offers. Everything, the world is filled with amazing civilizations and they're all gone, but the Jew has been there throughout all the millennia and he still remains. All forces pass, but the Jew, says Mark Twain. All, um, what, what is the secret of his immortality? What a fascinating question. To me, the answer, Passover is the answer to, uh, to Mark Twain's question. Passover is the moment in time where we became bound in partnership, or at least the introduction. It was ultimately the giving of the Torah at Sinai, but the Passover experience was the, the Torah was the culmination of Passover. Passover began the process and it culminated in the, in the, in the giving of the Torah. And so that partnership began that the Jewish people were to undergo challenges and difficulties. And not only have they survived and persevered, but they've in engaging those challenges and those extraordinary difficulties, they, they didn't just survive. They were enriched immeasurably as individuals and as, peop, as a community, as a people, and they changed the world. They not only underwent extraordinary challenges, like impossible, impossible challenges, things that simply do not make sense, as Mark Twain says. There is no way to make a rational sense of the story of the Jewish people. It really does not make sense. Not only do the Jewish people encounter and survive these impossible scenarios, they were enriched tremendously and they contributed extraordinary enrichment to the world. So that is kind of the overview of like, you know, it, okay, what, what the story of the Jewish people originated with the Passover experience. We talk about it all the time, our, member, our remembrance of the exodus from Egypt. So here's how I understand what's so significant about that. The Passover experience and how this relates to our, our discussion about looking for the truth about how our experience is being created moment to moment. The challenge of Passover for the Jewish people was that uh, we've discussed this many times is that they were, they were in a, a, a crushing enslavement. It was a, an, an impossible, a, a extraordinarily difficult, painful subjugation that they were in the midst of for generations. And they were subjugated by the greatest civilization of their day, by the greatest temporal leader of the, of the day, the Pharaoh. And the, the, our tradition tells us there was not, there was no precedent. There was never, ever the case that a single slave had ever left Egypt before. So, if you look out at the circumstances of the of that scenario, you really would be hard pressed to figure out how how is it ever going to happen? Like how in the world would it ever happen that the Jewish people would somehow emerge? Now, to me, this is really our lives. You know, we each of us experience our stuck. We experience stuck. We 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 exert ourselves. We try to figure it out. We try to get 
uh, solutions or strategies or suggestions or help. And yet we, the stuck kind of persists. We just, and we think to ourselves like, this is, there's just no way out. How in the, there's no way out. Two plus two equals four. The circumstances are such that it's literally hermetically sealed. I don't know how in the world I'm going to change this, change my habit, change my dynamic, change my, um, my mindset, the, the difficulties I experience. I'm just over, I'm, I'm literally trapped. And that's how the Jews were confronted in the days of, of their experience in Egypt. However, we can understand that there were Jews that literally got lost in that uh, mindset and they gave up. They literally despaired. When they were presented with the prospect of leaving, they, they said to themselves, that's, it's impossible. Like, don't, don't even talk to us about it. And those Jews were the Jews that never left. They did not actually leave Egypt at the time of the Exodus, but there were Jews that did leave. And what distinguished between them? The Jews that left as pained and as as um, overwhelmed as they were, they somehow understood that the creator, the creator of the universe, the single simple source that we speak of behind all life, is is not a, a is not doesn't make and create things in the way that we make and create things. When we make or create something, we might gather existing things and assemble them. And then when we're done assembling them, we can walk away and they continue to stay. Uh, they still, they stand or exist on their own. If I make a table or if I make a, uh, if I make a pizza, I make it and then I walk away and there it is. It's still there. That's not so by the creator of the universe. When he creates, he creates what's called yesh me'ayin. He creates something from nothing. When he creates, he's creating something that did not have any precedent, any existence, any independence prior. And now that he creates it, the fact that he created it in this moment doesn't mean that it now has existence in another moment, except by his, by virtue of his continuing to create it. And that's the truth about all life. There is nothing in this world that has independent existence. Everything in this world is, everything in this world is dependent. Nothing happens in this world except because of an ongoing supply of power from the one single simple source that possesses all power. Nothing can shape, can be shaped or changed or moved in this world. Now, I have the capacity of choice that I can view the world a certain way, and I can want things, but even my capacity to want things that might lead to my moving, my breathing, my writing something, all of that is I want it, but I don't have the guarantee that I can act on it. I don't have the guarantee. I turn, it's normal that I act on it. If I want to draw a breath, I experience the power of breath of my of drawing a breath. But that power is not mine. I don't own it. It's being made use. I'm, it's being made available to me in this moment because everything is being made available in this moment. If I'm in a if I'm in a warm and peaceful mood. It's because I've been made available a, a certain level of understanding and consciousness. If, I've, if I'm experiencing a darker, distressed mood, it's also because it's being made available to me, a level of consciousness. I have choice to acknowledge the truth about all of this, and I certainly am responsible to exert myself to try to do things, to want things, but to do so knowing the truth about all life. The, the story of Passover is the Jewish people's opportunity to really confront that, that truth, to find themselves in a place of great distress, great difficulty, 
to be confronted by so many circumstances that seem to make such a compelling case, there is everything in the world that tells you you are stuck and that everything tells you that you, you're, you're here and suffering because of the Egyptian empire and the pharaoh and the precedent of no one ever leaving and the generations of being enslaved. That's why you're here. And then they were given the opportunity to acknowledge, well, okay, while it's true that it looks like that's the case, and therefore, really, there's no doorway out, it's also true that all of that is being animated and reanimated and reanimated in this moment. It doesn't have its independent power. There's no there's no law of cause and effect in an absolute sense. All of that is itself being created in this moment. And my job is to live with that, so to, so to speak, that hidden paradox. We are living in a world of exile right now where there is a level of hiddenness. The true power behind all life is veiled. It's cloaked. And it looks like all kinds of things have actual power. And of course, we're meant to take seriously the, the laws of nature and the way in which the world operates. We're not meant to disregard it in a complete sense. At the same time, we will be well served to hold on to that truth, to be loyal to that truth, even as we're confronted by the appearance of, of, of all kinds of circumstances. The more we identify and link our lives to the circumstances of this world, the more we will become lost, God forbid, in despair. Whereas the more that we acknowledge the truth behind the veil, the more we can align with that simple understanding, we'll still feel difficult feelings. We'll still feel the appearance of difficulty, of, of, of stuckness, of great distress. We'll still experience all of those feelings at times. But at a, but at a certain point, we will be present when the exodus comes. It's, it's, the exodus was not something the Jewish people accomplished on their own. It was a partnership forever, and it was a partnership for now. What do we mean when we say that it was a partnership forever and a partnership for now? The creator of the universe was offering the Jewish people the opportunity to live their lives in a manner that would involve his direct intervention forever, that he had a purpose for creation. He wanted the world to understand and know how pre how present he is, how much love and... and um, and guidance he is offering us and holding us. And so it's a it's a it's a it's a partnership forever, but it's a partnership that's built in the now. It's built on this moment's recognition that I'm not defined by my past. I'm not defined by the circumstances of this world. I'm defined by my willingness and my ability to lurk to, to turn to this single simple source. And that in the end, it was the Jewish people, it was the it was the when the exodus occurred, it wasn't that the Jewish people got themselves out. It was that they they were there when the doors opened. They didn't. They hadn't given in to despair, and that's how our lives work too, as far as I can tell. We we all those people who I spoke of who will come to me and say, "Well, how do I avoid these terrible, distressing, dark moments? Like, how do I go avoid going into that dark depth?" And so when I say to them, "Well, how? What about now? How did you get from there to here?" If they'll look and they'll realize, wait a second, I didn't do that. I didn't get myself out of there. They'll realize the exodus is a normal occurrence. We're going undergoing exodus all the time. It's true. We might not always associate it clearly. We might think, oh, it's because my friend came over and cheered me up. Oh, it's because the fire alarm rang. But in truth, there's exodus happening all the time in our lives. 
In fact, we're obligated to remember the exodus on a daily basis because the truth is, is that the exodus, the, the experience of being stuck, of being stuck to the point where we cannot con- extract ourselves, and then the experience of finding ourselves extracted is so normal. And our job is, is not to be overly concerned with how do I get out of stuck or our job is to be loyal, to keep focused on our responsibilities, on the values, on the commitments that we have, knowing that we are just simply, because of that partnership in the now, um, all we have to do is just keep keep showing up to the now so that when the, when the exodus arises, we are there. We are there to emerge. We are there to walk out, that we don't, we have not given into despair, but rather we've stayed in the now.